Hey guys, so I'm in LA right now, and uh, I'm actually right outside of my hotel, right by LAX, uh, Los Angeles International Airport. And well, before we get to today's show, you know, a lot of times people write to me and they say, I'm starting a podcast, Dan. Can you tell me like, what kind of microphone do you use? What kind of recorder do you use? How do you get good sound in your podcast? Well, I'm gonna let you in on one secret. Always record near an airport. How are you? Yeah, just a guy on the side of the highway talking to himself into a microphone. Nothing you haven't seen before. So, what's going on here today? I have a day to kill in LA. I came out here for some sporkful tapings. I have an extra day, and I have decided to go on an adventure. And I've decided to take you with me. Where are we going? I don't know. I don't have a plan. That's why it's an adventure. But here's what I can tell you. I'm gonna find some good food, and I'm gonna make some new friends. And I mean, I think it would be fun if at some point things got a little weird, right? I mean, it's an adventure, okay? So I have taken the liberty of Googling Weird LA just a minute ago. And the first result is from Atlas Obscura. Great website, love Atlas Obscura. They highlight all different kinds of obscure locations around the world. Atlas Obscura. And this is 166 cool and unusual things to do in Los Angeles, California. Okay, let's bring this up here. Number one, the Echo Park Time Travel Mart. Nonprofit time travel mart sells goods you would need for a trip through the fourth dimension. Wow. Well, that's very weird and sounds kind of delightful. So I guess let's head in that direction first. After that, though, I don't know where the road's going to take us. But there is one place we have to make sure we hit up. Patty's Restaurant in Toluca Lake near Burbank. Longtime listeners, you will remember that I interviewed Andy Richter a while back, Conan O'Brien's sidekick, and we went to Patty's. It was his choice. It's one of his favorite spots. And it's an old school LA diner. Been there since the 60s. I walked in. I got there before Andy, and I remember seeing on the counter at Patty's this beautiful coconut cake, bright white, shining like a beacon, and it was huge. One of those diner-sized, giant, triple-decker cakes with the bright white frosting and the coconut shavings all on the outside. It looked ridiculous. And I am a sucker for a good coconut cake. Okay, one of my favorites. So I said, I'm definitely going to get that when this taping's over, right? No question. Andy Richter arrives. We sit down. We order a meal. We have a nice conversation. But I mean, I ate an omelet and hash browns and English muffin and coffee and all that. And at this point, I wasn't feeling so hungry anymore. And I said to myself, you know, Dan, you don't need that cake. Don't get the cake. And I left. Well, you can see where this is going. A few hours later, I end up back in my hotel, furious with myself. Why didn't I get the cake? I didn't have to eat the cake just then. I could have put it in my bag. I could have it right now in my hotel room. It was haunting me. What a mistake. Two days later, I go to visit my friends, Kenny and Missy. And it didn't occur to me until I got to their house that they lived right down the street from Patty's. So I said, listen, you guys, I told them the story of the coconut cake. I said, I got to run down the street. I got to get the coconut cake. So I walk down the street, walk in the door of Patty's. I don't see the cake there on the counter. I said, you guys have that coconut cake? Nope, not today. I was beside myself. And so, you know, that's unfinished business for me here in LA. So I'm gonna go to Patty's today and I'm gonna find that coconut cake.
going to find that cake. Okay, here comes my lift. Looks like my driver's name is Yehiel. Hi, how are you? Good, how you doing? All right. This is the Sporkful. It's not for foodies, it's for eaters. I'm Dan Pashman. Each week on our show, we obsess about food to learn more about people. And I'm in a lift riding through Los Angeles. And my first guest on the show today is Yehiel. Hey, Yehiel. Hi, how are you? Good, good. So uh, well, we're, we're going to, uh, to Echo Park, I think. Yeah. Um, what did you have for breakfast today? I uh, normally eat uh, waffles with banana. Okay. What, what, are they like uh, homemade waffles or like the frozen waffles? Uh, no, I buy them at uh, like Costco. Okay. You know, it's not a homemade. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for me, it's a healthy waffle that has a lot of fiber in it. Right. And you eat waffle every day for breakfast? Every day. How long have you been doing that? Uh, maybe for the last five, six years. Really? Yes. And you have it exactly the same every time? Uh, well, you know, I sometimes mix the banana with ginger. Ooh, that sounds nice. Yes. Are you a person who likes routine? You like you like to do the same thing? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I'm very uh, conservative. When I see something that works for me, I'll stick with it. And what do you think that says about you? It's very, it's very hard for me to, to explain in English, but, uh, you know, I like things to be, you know, like I want them to be. Wait, you said, uh, you said it's hard for you to explain in English. What, what language do you speak? Oh, I'm from Israel. What made you want to move here? Oh, that's a long story. <laughs> <coughs> well, the GPS says we have I'm 17 sure. minutes till we get oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard about the Yom Kippur War. The Yom Kippur War, yes, 1973? Seven, uh, 73, yeah. I was in that war. I was a tank mechanic. So I was <clears throat> eight months straight in the army. After the war, I said, you know, enough is enough. So I landed in New York. And I was three weeks in New York. It was a winter time. How old were you? I was about 25, I think. And then I said, you know, I'm coming uh, to Los Angeles and uh, I'm here since then. Uh, what else you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> so this place I'm going to, it's called the Echo Park Time Travel Mart. It's a store where you buy things that you can use if you're going to travel through time. Oh, okay. If you traveled through time, where would you go? Where would I go? Yeah. I, will, I, will, I was already there. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Where? You, know, you heard about the Kotel in Jerusalem, right? The Kotel, that's the Western Wall, yes. Uh, you ever been in the cave under the Kotel? Yeah, that's like the single most amazing thing I ever saw when I was you in You know, that's back, going back 3,000 years ago. Right, that's true. 
saw it? Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you go there and there's these tunnels that are underground. You know, it, Jerusalem is so old that, that, that people that's come. That's 3,000 years. And they build a new city on top and then that city gets destroyed. And over a thousand years, they build a new city and then a new city. And if you go down in the tunnels, yes. you can see these giant rocks that the Romans... When the Romans Before were trying, the Romans. they were trying to destroy yeah. the buildings in Jerusalem, and they took the <coughs> the rocks and bricks off the top of the building and threw them down to the ground, back, the ground of three thousand years ago, which is now three That's stories underground. Right. Right. If you were going to travel back in time, what food would you pack to bring with you? Matzahs. <laughs> Matzahs. Yes. <laughs> You don't have to go back to Moses crossing the desert, Yehiel. You What's can go back the, to a different time. You know, people matzahs uh, all uh, during the whole year. Well, yeah, I, look, I like matzah. I'm not going to knock matzah. I yeah. It's a delicious cracker. I just, like, you know, you're traveling through time, Yehiel. You don't know exactly. <laughs> you're going to an unknown situation. You're a man who likes control. You like predictability. You don't like surprises. You like routine. You're not going to bring waffles and bananas? No. And I'll tell you why. Please. Matzah doesn't rot. You know, banana will rot. Waffle will go bad because it has to be in the freezer. And the matzah will stay for you even you take it to space. <laughs> How about that? That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Yehiel, thanks so much for joining me on this Borkful. Thank you as well. You know, it was a pleasure. All right, here we are. The Echo Park Time Travel Mart. Whenever you are, we're already then. <laughs> All right, it's got a, a small storefront with big display windows on either side of the door. One of the display windows has a giant caveman statue. Well, I don't know if it's giant. More like life-size, caveman-size, as I would imagine, a caveman or person. A mannequin in the window, just like a caveman. It's like a mini convenience store. Metal shelves, just a couple of short aisles. All right, let's go inside. The slushy machine is out of order. It says, come back yesterday. These seem to be some foods from the past. Mammoth chunks, bold mammothy flavor, 100% woolly mammoth meat, may contain up to 30% mastodon meat. Well, typical. Let's see, there are in the cooler here. Oh, this looks like it's for the future. Jupiter Farms robot milk, 100% non-organic, fresh and wholesome quality since 2830. Time travel sickness pills. For prevention and treatment of acute chronal dysphoria, Parallel dementia, the shifts, and time tummy. All right, I'm gonna get these time travel sickness pills, just in case. Hi, I'd like these time travel sickness pills, please. Yeah, no problem. I think I'm gonna attempt to travel through time here in this episode. That's what I'm gonna attempt to do. I have to right or wrong of a time when I, I meant to buy a piece of cake at a, at a diner in Toluca Lake and I failed to buy the cake when I should have. And I'm going to go back there today and I'm going to attempt to go, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to attempt to eat that cake. <laughs> That's what time travel is for, right? You go back, you change a mistake, right? That's what I'm going to do. All right. Well, have a great day. Yeah. Thanks for coming back. You probably already know how my day's going to go. 
looks really good. This is going to be a cake, a slice of cake <laughs> in your near future. Do people make that joke all the time? Uh, even cornier jokes than that. What's the corniest joke people make when they come in here? Uh, they'll like walk in and be like, "Oh, it's nice to see you again," but that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> all right, take care. All right, that didn't actually take too long. Still pretty early in the day. Let's take another look at this Atlas Obscura list of weird stuff to do in LA. Next up on the list, underground tunnels of Los Angeles. During prohibition, corrupt city officials ran drinking dens under the streets of downtown LA. These 11 miles of service tunnels became passageways to basement speakeasies with innocuous fronts above ground. King Eddie's Saloon, which has been around since 1906, fronted as a piano store with a secret speakeasy in the basement. Now an official saloon once more, its basement still remains part of the tunnel system. I mean, if I can go through some cool tunnels and end up at a saloon, that's pretty good. It says the tunnels have been used by police to transport prisoners, bank security to move large sums of cash safely, and it's been used by both car owners and mobsters to store bodies. Oh, officially, the tunnels are closed to the public. So I guess I'm going to have to be a little discreet. But here we go. I'm going to try to find these tunnels. I'm going to try to find the entrance to the tunnels, and I'm going to follow them to the King Eddie Saloon. Now, looking at the map here, it's not too far. I could get a lift. It's about two miles, but... I think I'm gonna walk it. Another audio recording tip, hang out by church bells. All right, so, uh, they're done? Ah! I'm walking away from the church bell, stop. <laughs> so, a little update since the last time we spoke. We're on Temple Street in downtown LA, and I see the Hall of Records building, which looks kind of like a giant fortress. It looks exactly like how where they would keep the records, like in Blade Runner. And I'm gonna, let's see, can we plot the directions now? To explore the former highway of the LA Underground, you must slip behind the Hall of Records on Temple Street and locate an easy to miss elevator. I'm heading behind. Let's look back here. All right, I'm behind the Hall of Records. There's some big metal rusted outdoors back here. Let's see. This door's locked. There's a small park back here. There's like some grass and benches and I see, hang on, there's a little structure over there. Let's check this out. Okay, I think as I approach, I think these are looking like Elevators. I've never seen elevators that you enter directly from the outdoors. But I guess when you live in a place where it never rains, 
That's something you can do. Yep, these are elevators. Let's give this a shot. Let's see where these elevators go. There's one, two, three, or M. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna hit them all. I'm gonna hit all the buttons. I'm gonna see what we see. This elevator looks like an elevator from a horror movie. It's completely rusted out. There's graffiti everywhere. Not even like nice graffiti, just like vandalism. Okay, first floor, let's see what we see. Is this seriously an actual government building? This looks like the hospital from Stranger Things. I'm gonna get back in the elevator. What the hell is this place? It literally looks like an abandoned hospital. The walls aren't just peeling, like you can see the, the metal mesh, you can see inside the walls, the walls themselves. There are giant holes in the walls. Restricted area, authorized personnel only. All right, there's a, like a rope, like those dividers they have like at the airport to like make the lines when you're lining up and there's a thing barricading this hall, but I'm gonna go down here and check it out. Okay, I just came around the corner and there's a hallway that just like the hallway just ends with a concrete wall. It's like they sealed it off. I'm gonna try to open this door. Okay. Coming up, the search for the tunnels continues. Stick around. And now, delicious word from our sponsors. Mm-mm, it's very good. Welcome back to The Sporkful. I'm Dan Pashman. You know, people always ask me, what are some of your favorite things to eat? What are some of your favorite restaurants? Where do you eat when you travel? Well, there are two ways for you to get that information on a regular basis. First, follow me on Instagram at The Sporkful. You can do it right now while you're listening. And second, subscribe to our newsletter. With that newsletter, you get to find out not only what I'm eating, but also what the whole Sporkful team is eating every week. We share recipes we're cooking, dishes we're enjoying, and also just random articles we're reading, shows we're watching. It's a lot of fun, and I think it's going to make your life at least 1% better. So you should subscribe right now. Go to sporkful.com slash newsletter. Okay, back to the show. I'm gonna try to open this door. Okay. Where are these tunnels? I feel like, hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google. No service down here, of course. Of course, they shut off service in the haunted building. They don't want you to be able to escape. I'm going back to the surface. Try to get reception. All right, all right, I'm on this. I'm reading through this. Press two to go down. Okay, I went down to level three. I went too far. 
ride an escalator up a level and straight ahead of the tunnels. I'm going back. I'm turning left. I found the escalators. I am so freaking excited right now slash terrified. I'm in. I'm in the tunnel. It's just concrete, concrete floors, concrete walls. You could get seriously lost in here. It just keeps going. There's fluorescent lighting ahead and huge pipes above my head. Pipes big enough for people to move through. Like the infrastructure of a city. some people coming along this way that look like they're law enforcement so I'm going to turn around and walk back the other way because that I'm going to try not to get arrested oh my god you guys the coolest thing just happened I, I, I turned back the way I came I, I walked away from the cops and then I turned back and just as I was coming back I heard those voices and it was those two cops that I had walked away from and they turned and walked in the opposite direction from me just like in the movies where like I I walked away from them and I hid around a corner and then when I turned back they walked in the opposite direction they're chatting with each other they didn't even see me alright I'm going back in back into the bowels it's a nice scary sound it is really cool to be down here and think about like they're transporting mobsters, criminals, and giant piles of cash. The mayor is transporting the liquor stash during Prohibition. All happening right underneath the city. I'm like just a few feet underneath the city. This is actually reminding me of what Yahil, the lift driver, said before. He was saying he went back in time when he went underground by the Western Wall in Jerusalem. Like you dig back beneath those sedimentary layers. It's like I'm literally going through the past walking on these paths that all these secret things happened in Los Angeles right underneath people's feet alright I'm back above ground uh, I walked a lot in those tunnels I went a long ways in one end, it came to a dead end, I went way back, I went back in a whole other direction, I came to some basement record keeping room that I don't think I was supposed to be in, turned back, walked down another third long tunnel that I kept, just kept going and going, you thought you're getting to the end, you get to the end, then there's a bend and it's another long tunnel with no end in sight. And I went for a while, but I finally decided that I should turn back before I went so far that I could not escape. So I am back, I am out, and I've decided to walk to the King Eddie Saloon on street level. While we walk, let's, let's read up a little bit more on this King Eddie Saloon. Let's see, the interwebs tells me that it opened in 1906 and it's the last of the old bars near LA's Skid Row. They say writer Charles Bukowski hung out at the King Eddie. It was hugely popular for its first 50 years. It made it through Prohibition, 
Uh, and it was a, a key location, a prime location, because the old streetcar line ran right past it. But then when LA's streetcar system started dying out, the whole area began to decline. So I've made it inside the King Eddie. It is, uh, it's a dive bar. And I, I don't mean that term to have judgment or hipster baggage. The walls are black, very little decoration. It's very spare. They have a few beers and cans, no beers on tap. Tables are kind of chewed up a little, but fine, perfectly nice. There's an ATM in the corner, a couple TVs, some Christmas lights. I will say, I don't feel like I'm being transported back to 1933. Maybe more like 1983. Mr. Hayward? Mr. Hayward, my name is Dan, nice to meet you, sir. What is this? Uh, this is a microphone. Is it okay if I use this in your vicinity? I guess so. What do you want to know? <laughs> How long you been coming to this bar? First time, 1967. 1967. I first got out of the service, came down, I got a job for a coat and tie. I walked in the first time with a coat and tie, everybody looked at me. What are you doing here? <laughs> so I went to other places. You, uh, and uh, until, you, until you weren't wearing a coat and tie anymore, and that's when you came back? I haven't worn a coat and tie in, well, since uh, the early 80s. Okay. This is the man you want to talk. I'll do it, I don't mind, but this guy has way more history. This though. is the guy I want to talk to? Yeah, this is Pancake. Pancake? Pancake is, a, uh, is the, uh, the real mayor of L.A. Uh, but you're a Pancake? I am Mr. Pancake, sir. Mr. Pancake, sorry. Yes, sir. Oh, Dan, it's nice to meet you. You too, Dan. So, uh, how long have you been coming to this bar? Since the 80s. And uh, what drew you to it? Well, my dad used to come here in his lifetime. He was um, born in 1919. So your dad was a regular his in this bar. His spirit is still here. Wow. Remember, but he knew that. What are you drinking, Mr. Pancake? Well, this H2O, two hydrogen, one oxygen. Got it. <laughs> For now. So yeah. I'm getting ready to um, get ready to leave now, but I'm, I'm employed right here. I'm like, I'm a community organizer, but I do some accounting. In the area also. So you seem like the kind of guy who likes to be in the center of things. Yeah, well, not the center of things, a part of process. I, I'm an initiator. Yes. Through conversation. Yeah. I would say this in closing that King Eddie's to me is not just an organization, a business. It's an organism because it requires people. It's about the people here. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Pancake. You're quite welcome, Daniel. What's your name, sir? Joel. You're the bartender? Yes. What can you tell me about the history of this place? Um, the building itself goes back to, I believe, 1903. When Prohibition kicked in, they turned the bar into a piano store. And through a secret door, you could actually access the basement where the speakeasy was. Are the tunnels still underneath this place right now? Uh, they are, but everything is blocked now, so there is no access to the tunnel. There is access to the basement, 
which still has some of the old murals from the uh, Prohibition time. Is it possible to, can I see the murals? Um, sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. Thank you. Do sure. I just, do I need to, can I, just, can I just go down there and check them out? Yeah, let me open for you. Oh, just all right. Thank you. Rob Brighton, indeed. This guy is All right, the bartender Joel is leading me to the back of the bar. Okay, sounds good. Uh, be right. careful because we have no insurance. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down like a dark stairwell. This door had a sliding window, and you knock on it, and uh, we don't. We're not sure if you had to pay to get in or give the secret password to it so this is like there's like a brick wall here that's been painted over but there's still like a a boarded up little window here so you bang on this door right here we're like underground and then the door window will slide and then some of the through here so we're in a room underground now this is like storage for the bar basically yes but wait yes. was this the speakeasy yes the stairs that we just walked into that was one way to come in and that was through the piano store. That boarded door you see over there, that was the one that led to the tunnels that run along uh, Main Street. And now, so this is, I mean, this basically feels like a, the basement of someone's, like an unfinished basement of someone's house. You see the pipes, there's random tables, there's like old bar stools and old sinks and things, but oh wow, look at this. There's like these paintings of like old, stone pillars painted on the walls and all these pictures of of casks of alcohol pouring out <laughs> pints of beer and things yeah so this was the uh and the, these paintings these murals go back to prohibition yes correct you see the little hole in this wall right there's like a, a boarded up wooden wall here but but there's one hole about the size yeah. of a liquor bottle <laughs> yeah so this is uh where you will get your drinks from there, I mean, this was a very high-end speakeasy, you know. So it, it was, and it was full service, with waiters and waitresses and maitre d's and you name it. So, you know, tables were set up and everything. So you know, once the waiter had your drink order, uh, the waiter will come in and request a drink. So we're right underneath. I mean, this is like downtown LA is right over our heads. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, there is a really cool thing that I learned when I went on, on a tour. There is a, a, a company that does a tour of underground LA. On that wall, you see that tree over there? Yeah, it's like a painting of a tree, like where the Smurfs would live, or like the Keebler Elves tree, except sort of dark and demented. All the branches are kind of like gnarled and so, twisted. So apparently the branches are actually, I mean, the tree itself is a map. So the branches are the, you know, ways for you to navigate underground. So wow. those are supposedly tunnels. So it's like a secret map. Yeah, pretty much. I'm assuming that it will actually probably help them too, in case the place got raided, you know, and you needed to leave right, right away. Just try to not get stuck. All right, Joel had to go back upstairs. He's got to work the bar. But I'm just down here, still in the basement. It's just amazing to stand in this room to see these murals. I sort of picture that the map is over like in a little kind of corner area, like a little alcove in the basement. And I kind of imagine like some couches and tables there. You can kind of 
feel it. Like I can picture the people in here. I can picture them dressed really nicely, sneaking in, a little music playing. I think it's time for coconut cake. I'm outside Patty's. I'm here. I'm here for the first time in years. I am actually like truly nervous. Like what if, what if they don't have it again? You know, like I figured that it was just bad luck that one day they didn't have it. But what if it was good luck the day they did have it? And I'm going to know the second I walk in because I remember exactly where it was displayed, right on the counter, right next to the register, right when you walk in. It was that first time I came in, it was the first thing I saw when I walked in the door. All right, I'm going in. Oh my God, they have it. They have the coconut cake. Holy smokes. It looks just the way I remember it. Bright white, huge. It's not triple decker, it's double decker, but each, each deck is like a cake. It's like a double cake. It's at least six inches high, covered in frosting. You see the coconut flakes. Uh, you need a menu? I do not need a menu, thank oh. you, because I know exactly what I want. I've come a long ways for a slice of that coconut cake. Slice of coconut cake? Please, and you want yes. some coffee, iced tea? Coffee would be great. I'm, oh, I'm not, okay. oh, That'll go well, right? Okay. Think? Thank you. Could I get, well, I'm gonna, can I get a second slice of coconut cake to go, please? Okay, so one for here and one to go. That's right. Oh, okay. Thank, thank you. you. I, oh my God! It's cut. Oh, it looks even better than I imagined. Enjoy. Thank you. I'm gonna go with a sip of coffee first. Something a little hot and bitter. I think that's going to accentuate the creamy coconut sweetness. Oh, and just look at it. There, there are flakes of coconut all over it. Oh, thank you. The slice to go is here. To thank you. Oh, wait, it's my wife, Janie. Hold on. Hello? Hi. Hey, you're on speakerphone at Patty's Restaurant in Burbank, California. <laughs> Remember when we came to visit Missy and Kenny? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you live right near Patty's Restaurant. I just was there the other day, and I didn't get the slice of coconut cake that I meant to get. And then I felt very upset, right. so can I walk down the street and get it? And Kenny and I walked down here, and... They were out, I think? Yeah. And how did I feel about that? Like in tears. <laughs> Well, guess what I'm doing right now? <laughs> You're eating the coconut cake? Yes. And I, I am about to take my first bite. Hold on. Please st- stay right there on the phone. I'm going to take the, my first bite right now. Hold on. Mmm. It is so good. 
You'll be happy to know that I ordered a second slice of coconut cake to bring home to you. Okay, great. Are you by yourself? Not now that you're here. <laughs> Why do you call Kenny? He's like three blocks away. I was going to, but I didn't know when I'd be arriving, and the whole thing's been kind of last minute. I'm just running around L.A. like a madman. I traveled through time. I've been writing wrongs from my past. It's been really great. Okay, great. If you could travel through time and right a wrong or do something differently, what would it be? I don't know. I think I need a little more time to think about it. <laughs> okay. It probably wouldn't be like a food thing. No, probably not. You'd probably, like, kill Hitler or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you go kill Hitler. I'm here with my cake. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm getting on a plane in 12 hours. I'll be home soon with cake. Love you. Okay, love you. Bye. The cake is so light. Woo! This is worth the wait. And you know what I'm realizing as I sit here? Time travel is a bad idea. You shouldn't go back in time and change the past because this cake tastes better because I waited so long. I had to go through that experience. I had to feel that heartbreak for this to feel so victorious. Mmm. One final note, when I got back to my hotel after the adventure, I was really drained and full. I didn't really feel my best. And then I remembered my time travel sickness pills. Oh, they're like gummy mints with a hard shell, hard shell gummy mints. The mint is soothing to my stomach. I do feel better already. What do you know? They worked. If you want your own time travel sickness pills, the Time Travel Mart has an online store. And actually, the whole place is a fundraising front for a great nonprofit called 826, which is national and offers free writing programs for students. So go buy something and support their work at timetravelmart.com. Next week on the show, we're live on stage in Brooklyn with Vanessa Pham, co-founder of Amsam, and Chitra Agarwal, founder of Brooklyn Deli. Both women run packaged food businesses that are bringing Asian flavors to a broader American audience. So what are the challenges and opportunities of doing that? It's a great conversation. Listen next week to find out. And don't forget to check out last week's show with Phil Rosenthal, creator of Everybody Loves Raymond and host of Somebody Feed Phil. Finally, subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss an episode and know what I and the others on the Sporkful team are eating. Do that at sporkful.com slash newsletter. Thanks. This show was originally produced by me along with Ann Sani and Aviva de Kornfeld. It was edited by Rob McGinley Myers and mixed by the Reverend John Delore. This update was produced by Emma Morgenstern and mixed by Jared O'Connell. Music help from Black Label Music. The Sporkful is a production of Stitcher. Our executive producers are Eric Eddings and Colin Anderson. Until next time, I'm Dan Pashman. And I'm Thaddeus from South Pasadena. And I'm Hannah from South Pasadena, reminding you to eat more, eat better, and eat more better. better.